show episode number 280 my name is john morgan cold coffee is with me mm-hmm. and we got a little hot tea in the house as well yes oscar it. willis from the world mma award nominated the mac life it's it's just every time you say it, i get oh just chills just chills up and, <laughs> and down i'm not talking body. down my spine <laughs> we got the whole crew together we got the, we got the vegas crew with myself and cold coffee then we got the road crew as well Bringing in Oscar Wills as well. Figure we'd we'd bring it all together. Give you the best of both worlds today. Yes. Do you do you already put that on your Tinder channel now? Well, hot tea. No. <laughs> well, that's fine. You can put that. No, the award. Take a mouthful. It will scold you. <laughs> Get it while it's hot. And we started the episode off like this. This is so good. <laughs> no, I meant like uh, putting it on your Tinder, like award nominated. You know how people you like try to tout themselves as being something. You ever thought about putting that on there? I have. Well, uh, first of all, I don't use Tinder. I've evolved to Bumble, which gives the women the choice oh. of sending you the first message because oh, I'm all about equality. Yeah, it's very, very but, uh, forward thinking of you. I might change it, my current bio from, if you don't want me, you can shag my friends, to award nominated. I mean, that'll probably work <laughs> <Yeah>. better. <laughs> Get me now before I'm big time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, all you fours are going up to sixes when I win this thing. <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. I, by the way, I should. I was trying to look and see when the voting ends for the World of MMA Awards. i got to be honest. I don't know. I think it's October. Oh, really? You can. Oh, so we got a long time to vote. I think. Well, yeah, they but pushed you, it back, right? Because the ceremony's got. Yeah. But you assume anyone who gives a shit would have voted when it. That's right. Don't waste time. Yeah. Jump in. Jump yeah. in. We got. Uh, you know, if you're if you're if you're not going to vote for for MMA Junkie, which we hope you will, then wait till December to vote <laughs> for uh, <laughs> the Mac can't, Life. Can't vote for the Mac Life as well. And if you, while you're there, if you could throw in a vote for John Morgan as Journal of the Year, I, I certainly wouldn't hate that. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, listen, we're starting it in, uh, in in fun ways, as always, as this crew gets together. But uh, I do want to roll out some bad news first. We had yes. a little bit of a weird situation kind of uh, happen uh, that didn't involve cold coffee having his speakers turned up incredibly loud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it didn't involve that. It was a different situation. Uh, many uh, that are familiar with this program will be familiar with the name Fiasco Jones. And, and you probably always wondered, why does a man go by a fictitious name of Fiasco Jones? Well, the truth is... Mother Fiasco. Yes. <laughs> Fiasco Jones is is a kind of a character that's been made up. It's related to, to Albert Williams, a, a guy that you used to know and you used to be pretty good friends with and co-workers yep. with at the UFC. And uh, is, is, I, I'm a little sketchy on the details, but you guys had kind of a falling out, as I recall. Well, you know, it goes back. It gives, it, let me take you back about five years. And one of the... One of the, the Vegas establishments we used to always go to was a place called the Copper Keg, and we would go there after work, and uh, there was one of these times after work, you know, you go and you have drinks with your buddies, you just take turns and you buy drinks and you you do you go about your business. I got this one, you give me tomorrow, you get me, yeah, I got, you, got you. Me, you know, it's like that's what, that's what, that's what men do, that's right. what you take care of each other, it's like it's my turn, dog, I got you, I got right. you, and on this particular time when it was supposed to be uh, Albert's or Fiasco Jones' turn, he stiffed me. And at that point, I decided uh, so I was going to... what you could do to another man. Right. It's the worst thing. It's literally the worst thing. Stiffing Certainly another the man. worst thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah. Stiffing another, another man. man. <laughs> it's it's, it's the worst. Going with that. So, um, I decided at that point, and I was like, you know, at some way, somehow, I'm going to get this man back. And so, the idea of our Pepsi character has popped up, and it's something that we've kind of worked into uh, our story over the years. So, we've always used... Uh, 
just various impressions to cover Fiasco Jones, and that's why we Which always said it was a I'm Pepsi sure, thing. And I'm sure people wondered, like, this guy cannot be a real guy. Like, he's this is a little too over the top. And he was over the top, and he was a little bit. But uh, <laughs> so fast forward to now, you know, after us have been doing this this bit for years, um, there were some real ramifications. Yes, unfortunately, uh, the real Albert Williams, who was working for the UFC, uh, had to face some repercussions. The uh, Fiasco Jones version somehow became known at the UFC headquarters, and what ended up happening is Albert Williams lost his job. Can you believe that shit? This is uh, this is crazy. It's uh, an unfortunate miscalculation on our part. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and you hadn't heard from your friend in a while, but he reached out today. He did. We found a, an interesting voicemail in uh, in our uh, box. We actually have uh, emails that none of you guys use because nobody's ever asked <laughs> us to send it. But uh, the real Fiasco Jones has looked it up and sent some emails to uh, – you could either go to – there's John at the MMA Roadshow or you could go to Cole Coffee at the MMA Roadshow. And we found this little tidbit waiting for me today. In my email box. And let me preface it just by saying, uh, not safe for work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, not yeah. safe for work. If turn, you, if and you, turn your speakers if, down. If you got the little ones around, uh, he was not happy about the situation. But as you said, here's, here's what he had to say. You motherfuckers. You really fucking crossed the line this time. They fucking fired me because you're stupid prank. What the fuck? I didn't say anything the first time you brought up that fucking guy with the impressions of me. Because he doesn't sound anything like me. For Christ's sake, the fucker was drinking beer. Everyone knows I don't drink beer. I only drink gin. Well, fucking congratulations. Because someone from the company heard this weak bullshit and actually thought it was me. Fuck you. Man, you guys are fucking petty. You're so fucking petty. You really hold a grudge. So I stiffed you on a $35 bill. Boo fucking who? That was five years ago, man. Five years ago. Stop harassing me. Stop it with the fucking impressions of me. Stop calling me at night pretending to be my long dead cousin Conroy. That's just fucking sick. And stop making fun of my religion. Ophiuchus is real. I saw him. You fuck. You fuck! You fuck, fuck, fuck! But hey, uh, if you want to make it up to me, uh, maybe you just, uh, I don't know, plug the show far off topic. And Charlie Good Shoes is high. Mostly just, uh, uh, just, just, uh, fuck off. Chaos, as you've come to expect from Fiasco Jones. Uh, fortuitous, uh, you, fortuitous, that's some, not the right some, word. Somebody that likes... Frequent use of <laughs> yeah, the Somebody F-word. likes F-bombs more yeah. than I do. <laughs> I thought I cleaned my act up just to have it thrown right back in that's, my face. That's the most F-bombs we've had on the show in a while, so we'll, we'll apologize for that. And we'll also peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, Albert is just having a little fun. He wanted to play a little character and... and, and uh, joke around a little bit and, and, and have a little scene. Unfortunately, I got to admit. Because you all, I'm sure as you're hearing us talk about this, we're, could call us on our bullshit. I'm a, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we're not great actors. He wanted to have a little, <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not great actors. He wanted to have a little fun with it. Albert did lose his job at the UFC, unfortunately. 
uh, for appearing on this podcast. And so he, he has worked there the whole time. He, he's uh, been a good friend of ours. And uh, he, he came on here and had fun. And, uh, and unfortunately, he was told that that violates some policies uh, and, and is no longer with the UFC. And I got to admit, man, uh, I, I'm happy that he wanted to have a little fun with it, which is why I was willing to play along yeah. with his little joke here uh, because I am a terrible actor. Uh, but I felt like I owed him the opportunity to handle it however he wanted to, and I'm glad that he wanted to speak at all because i got to be honest, man. Uh, I am I'm feeling awful about it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not happy about it at all. Uh, I feel guilty. Um, and uh, it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a tough day, man. It's been a tough week as this thing has all been unfolding. But, uh, yeah, our good friend uh, Albert Williams slash Fiasco Jones is no longer working for the UFC. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a like a – 10 plus year career that uh just ended abruptly you know and it's funny because you know uh we could go back and I, i'd have to look at the name of the the patreon person that asked us to bring fiasco on because this was your fault <laughs> 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 i'm just kidding but that was fun that was see that's the thing Ruthless. we've been doing this we've been Ruthless. doing this for over five years and we wouldn't think anything about it so when somebody's like have fiasco i was like dude you're right we haven't had fiasco why would we ever think that there would be anything wrong about it? We've been doing it for so long. And, uh, you know, you're right. I, I felt guilty as heck after the fact, you know. Uh, so when I called him afterwards and spoke with him, spoke with his wife, you know, expecting like I'm going to get uh, the 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 third degree, you know, just lashing me, you know. And I didn't get that. I'm, and I'm super thankful for that from him because it could have been a lot worse because I felt like shit knowing that we just wanted to have him on to have a good time to know that at some point that uh, the UFC would uh, put that against him and said that he violated a social media policy by talking to journalists without being um, without getting the the clarification and I think most of you you know I, I, I always joke all the time I said I hate it when people consider me a journalist I know what I do but it's like this is the least as much as we try to bring you news and we try to bring you information other stuff we all know this is always you know, at the square root, been guys drinking beer, just talking about MMA and having fun. So to think that, you know, somebody's appearance on here could be uh, held against them um, was was very, very shocking. And uh, ultimately, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about as well, and one of the things that we thought was just sort of strange, um, was that this whole time, uh, and this is a lot of it's just speculation, but it's a lot of it's just like, it's just lots of questions. For, for this to be a, a fireable offense, you know, without a warning, without being written up, without anything, just shocked me. And the and the way my brain works is the first thing I thought is, okay, well they're looking they're looking to uh, cut headcount. You know, let's find troublemakers. Let's find people that are doing something because Dana's went on record and he says I'm not going to fire anybody due to the pandemic. I'm not going to let anybody go. And if anybody knows what's going on at Endeavor and WME and IMG. You know, they they cut like 15 to 20 percent of their staff, you know, and more people are saying that there's supposed to be more cuts. You know, there's some rumors saying that Endeavor and the WME IMG is going to split, that uh, Patrick Whitesell is going to go and take the talent agency and go one direction. And that uh, Ari Emanuel or Ari Emanuel is going to go the other way. Um, that is his last name, right? Ari mm -hmm. Emanuel. Yep. He's going to go another direction. Um, but, you know, they're denying those rumors. But, you know, and we... One of the things, and I and I talked with you, Oscar, about was like something just doesn't feel right. Something feels weird. Um, let's keep an eye out. Let's look to see if there's other random firings. If there's other 
questionable disciplinary let goes, you know, maybe things aren't as great within the UFC as Dana's painting this picture. Just seems like an awfully strong response to appearing on a podcast. Uh, it sounds so over the top. Nothing was said. If anybody goes back, um, well, all right, this will answer another question that somebody's. A lot of people have. Uh, if you've started to notice, um, just to peel the curtain back further. Uh, if you notice, in some ep- episodes aren't playing right. When this immediately happened, um, we pulled every episode. We tried to pull. We tried to pull everything every that we, we found and tried to just do everything. But at this point, the damage was probably already done. But the way that my brain was th- was working, the way that we were thinking was like, let's remove any reference so that they can't hold it against him and let him get his slap on the wrist and then we'll be on we'll be we'll be on it. And if we never have to play those episodes again, I can live with that. Um but then once the hammer sort of dropped, um you know, we need to go back and address that. So if there are some random episodes that you try to go back and especially the last episode where which was the one that they chose to fire him. Right now, you, I don't think you can pull it up. We tried to make it private, and that was partly what it is. So if you find some episodes and you, you miss your favorite Fiasco Jones episode. We're trying to add him back now. We'll add him. There's nothing we can do at this point, yeah, so now, now we'll we put him back. We will add him back. So just remind us and, and let us know, and we, we'll do it. But um, I know I'm getting distracted. This is such a crazy, crazy thing for me. and uh, It's very, very emotional. Um, when I was talking about the Oscar thing, uh, I said, hey uh, – and this will kind of be to something that's topical and that sort of just recently happened that's being looked into. I said, let me know if you see any weird instances of other people being let go from the UFC, any firings and other stuff that doesn't make sense. And Oscar, what did you send to me? Um, it's a wild story. It is a wild story, but what did you send to me? Well, I mean, first of all, I just want to say, as, as someone who did uh, two years at acting school, what you've done to the craft today is <laughs> it's, it's worse than I've seen in anything. Uh, no, I saw a story, and I, I think I've, I've got a preface. I saw this on the, the Reddit subreddit for MMA. Uh, where you just sort of submit random links. And I don't know anything about this outlet. It appears to be an Armenian outlet, but the headline is UFC employee fired for allowing Edmund Shavazian to enter the octagon with an Artsakh flag. Now, uh, it's a bit of a strange article because there's a lot of quotes from Edmund himself, but there's also a quote from Dana White, which I sort of struggle to believe is an accurate quote. Yeah, and by yeah. the way, the quotes are from Edmund Tarverdian, not Edmund Shabazzian. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, no, the yeah. quotes, are, it's about Edmund Shabazzian walking in with the flag, and, and as, as you said, I don't even know uh, how you pronounce this, and I apologize, uh, as you said, Artsak, I guess, A-R-T-S-A-K-H. Yeah, I, mean, I went back and checked the video, and, and he, he, did, he definitely did come in with this, with this flag, um, at the at the fight with Derek Bronson, it, it looks like the Armenian flag, but there's kind of like a, a triangle of, of white basically um, trimming out of it. And you're right, the article is 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 a little bit weird because it says like it it says according to UFC head Dana White, uh, the UFC had decided or has decided to fire a 20 20 year old employee who was responsible for the athlete's uniform and the flag they would carry. But there's no actual quote from Dana in there, and, and I don't know. We've reached out to the UFC to try to find out, um, can we get comment? Can we find out? I mean, it's, it might be something worth asking, you know, when we yeah. see him this weekend. Um, it's interesting because Edmund Shabazzian normally when he walks in, walks in, and I went back and watched all his fights, he comes in with like a dual flag of uh, the Armenian flag and the U.S. flag. Um, and this, I guess, is uh, – well, we had some people actually reach out to us on Instagram, uh, on the MMA Junkie Instagram, to talk about this flag, about um, why it was offensive and how it. Uh, but did you put anything out else? They just reached out to you cold. We, yeah, they just like a, a, a DM into the into the MMA Junkie uh, wow. Instagram. Yeah, direct message, and it basically 
I guess uh, you know who complained then. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah. We did. We we definitely do. We had that list. So, um, and I, I can I can read it for you because they sent it to multiple people. Like they sent it to Farhanun as well. Um, but it said, "Dear Mr. White and Mr. Shelby." So I'm assuming they were just saying, "Hey, by the way, we reached out to the UFC." There's no there's no context with it, but it just said, "I'm sending this email to someone who is looking for a fair play since sports should always be out of politics." At the end of UFC FN 173, Edmund Shabazian brought the illegal flag of. Nagorno-Karabakh, which is recognized as part of the Azerbaijan Republic and illegally occupied by Armenian troops. First, this flag is illegal as the flag of Nazi Germany. Secondly, bringing up that flag means making political statements on war zone territories, which is prohibited not only in the USC, but in any significant sporting events. We, as the people of Azerbaijan, are very concerned with this act uh, and ask you to ban this flag from any USC events. We're looking forward to the prompt feedback on the situation from your side. So it is something that's definitely bothered somebody. It, it seems like they have reached out to the UFC now, it's where this article is true about this 20, yeah. which I find weird. If it's, it's, if it's some 20-year-old, first of all, there's not many 20-year-old kids working well, I mean, there other than interns. Be, I'm just wondering if that's just a speculation on age. Like, he was just like, the kid looked 22, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was like, oh, it was some 20, 20-year-old well, that's kid. Poor, again, that's poor, you know, that's a bad article if that's the case. That, that's the thing yeah. about this article. It seems a little sketchy to me. Like, I definitely, like, okay, this is, this is controversial. We need to talk about it. You know, maybe I could definitely see, like, some change in policy being made as to because I had never seen this flag forward, and I understand. Like, I'm not trying to minimize any conflict that's over there. I mean, I understand, like, the, the plight of the Armenian people. I'm certainly well aware of that. But as to what's going on currently, I'll be honest, I'm not educating it. But it could very well, you know, make a, a, a policy change. But to fire some some kid who probably had never seen the flag before. For, and, for, by the yeah. way, if it's folded, looks exactly like the Armenian flag if that white part of it is covered up. So if you just took a quick quick glance well, and you're like, yeah. every time this guy has ever walked in, he's had an Armenian flag and yeah. not realized this and, is and some kind he, of protest flag. And what if he asked me, he said, who's that flag? And if he said it's an Armenian flag, it's technically, I guess, in his in, uh, opinion, Definition. could be true. Right. Because in his eyes, it is a republic of the, the – it's a district of the Armenian. In his eyes, it's a yes, it's an Armenian flag. Right. Well, without, without trying to be a shithead, um, it, it's not illegal. It's protected by the First Amendment. So he said it's an illegal flag. It's not in America. It's not illegal. I mean, I know that's just right. one part of his message, but I mean, that's his rhetoric. Yeah, in that but message. you lose a little bit of First Amendment when you start talking about private companies, right? Like you're not allowed to walk in with anything it you want be, to the USC it, case. It could be against company policy, but isn't the company policy that you can you can take your flag? I mean, if he thinks it's, – it's so complicated, and I, I feel a bit uneasy talking about it because I'm so ill-educated yeah, exactly. about yep. the, the situation. I remember wasn't there um, – there was controversy with the Rising Sun flag, right, a, a while ago. That's the only thing I can sort of think comparable to it. Yes. But as we're saying, you know, it, it's – because I'm so ill-educated, I, I don't mean to cause offense, but, you know, that this person's perspective is probably very different to Edmund's perspective. And, right. you know, there's going to be places in the world where the, the rainbow flag for gay rights is considered offensive and stuff like that. You know, it gets very convoluted. Unfortunately, I'm not educated enough on this subject to know, but um, I definitely think it's something the UFC needs to discuss and answer. For. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. much they'll discuss it in public, but uh, interesting story, and it's funny how we kind of came across that because we were kind of following up on our buddy. So I, I, could be a weird coincidence. Could I mean, be a it could be something that we're just the weird timing. It's well, just, we can't even guarantee just, anyone got fired. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's true. It's just weird. So I mean. I don't want to go too long talking about the the fiasco thing, but it's just something that it, it's just crazy because when you look at how certain other high profile fighters have done 
crazy things and are allowed to work. You know, we look to see your your favorite person attacked employees and, and, and hit an old man in a bar, and he's still able to come back and get offers. Well, there's a difference you between got, stars true. and generating millions of dollars. That, and, and that's the difference. Rank and file employees, unfortunately. Right. You know, unfortunately, that's the difference. It's like where if you're making me money or whatever, you know, they're able to look a difference, whereas if you see as a policy, is like, okay, this is the written word. If you If you violate it, you're done. But obviously, these these money generators are held at a different thing. But regardless, I don't know. I mean, I mean that's 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 sort of the way of the world. That's the way of that's the world. True, but I, I admit that with Albert, I'd be interested to know, like, in his does it specifically state that in his contract stuff like that? You know, it just seems a bit of murky. Well, if you've been a fan of, of Fiasco over the years, uh, he is at Fiasco Jones on Instagram and on Twitter, so if you want to reach out and just give him some kind words, uh, if you got a job offer, he'd probably like that as well. <laughs> you uh, can, uh, and, and, his, and, and his podcast. Is, uh, his podcast is far off topic. Um, it is definitely not MMA. Uh, as he <laughs> says, far off topic. He, di- he dives into uh, conspiracy theories, basically. and, and uh, He's got a brand new one to talk about. Wild yes, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll have an MMA-related podcast coming out real soon. Yeah, so you can find I, – I, I know that's on Spotify, So, uh, but if you look for podcasts on Far Off Topics, I think you could find it through Apple. Yeah, he's on Apple Podcasts Apple Podcasts Podcast well. and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to give him some love there um, – yeah, we're 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 totally bummed about uh, that whole situation because that's the last thing that we would ever want to happen by having somebody on, except for this award-nominated guy. We wouldn't mind off in the competition. Wow! You know, by him God damn, dude! I didn't wow. do anything. Fucking hell! That's why we brought him over to get him fired. Oh, Jesus! Oh, talking about my boss. Talking about me. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't name names. I didn't. Okay. Name okay. Names. Yeah, we had no idea who you were referring to. It was yeah. so vague. I mean, yeah, yeah. somebody would have to. For? Somebody really for? have to be on the inside to understand that one. <laughs> All right, well, listen, guys, the show goes Box on. Media. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy times, man. We're getting treated to nonstop MMA. I, I, I've, I've been thinking about, you know, it's weird because we went without MMA for so long, and now it's like damn near every day. And I wonder because I love it, man. I'm a, I'm a junkie. I could watch fights every night. But I wonder about, you know, all those people that before the pandemic had been, you know, yelling about the oversaturation, oversaturation, oversaturation. How are yeah. they feeling right now where we're like, I mean, next week is crazy. Next week is like uh, uh, rising on Sunday and Monday, Contender Series on Tuesday. The, the, the phenomenal Cage Fury Fighting Championships, by the way, just an tr- amazing organization. That'll be on Wednesday, Thursday, then USC 252 on Saturday. Like, it's then nuts. Back again on Tuesday. Yeah, man, it's nuts. I'm, hell, we're quarantining two times a week, or at least uh, at least I am, because if they're going to Apex, i got to quarantine for the day. We're tested four times a week, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of MMA right now, so I, I don't know. It's a, it's a wild time, right? Like, on the one hand, I could see MMA fans saying uh, – God, what a time to be alive, man. I could see MMA every night. On the other hand, uh, I don't know. I, I think about those people that were complaining about oversaturation. I wonder how they're feeling right now. Well, I think uh, the sport, or specifically the UFC, anyway, I'll stick to that, has never felt more like you're not no longer, they're no longer promoting fights as much as they're just promoting a fight night. You know, they're not promoting the headliners anymore. They're just promoting UFC's back on. You want to watch fights? We're back. You know, that's why you're getting. That's, fair point. that's why you're getting main events that perhaps wouldn't be main events before the pandemic. We don't even have 253 announced. We don't know where it's yeah. going to take place. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, every Saturday you have a fight, and it's it's main main event headlined by people you would never say like that's a headline fight. You know, even this Saturday you'd probably say, I, I can't imagine <sighs> that head. I can just deal with it, mate. Where's yeah? my number for Derek? <laughs> I'm calling it Derek but, uh, right now. But but you know what I mean. So now it feels to try and compare it to another sport. It now feels like instead of we're building up to fight nights, 
the UFC has almost become a more like soccer. There's a game every Saturday. That's it. And you know, it's just becoming. There's, there's no time to build storylines unless there's something like it's a big fight where there's already something built, like a Stipe and Daniel. But even there's that, just, there's just no story. There, there's no time to build up anything. There's no time to look beyond the one you're looking at this weekend. Right. You know, it's, it, you know, they might there might have been a customary effort to sort of. Or, by the way, don't forget, in in a week, there's like a massive headlining main event. Heavyweight fight, but it feels like they're just sort of going from one weekend to the next. You know, yeah. two fifty three. We just spoke about that's supposedly headlined by Costa Adesanya, right? Not six, even six weeks away, but not we e- don't even have even, it officially announced. Not even yeah. officially announced. Not one other fight officially announced on the card. No location for it. Yeah, because if if anybody hasn't seen this, we all assumed it was going to be in Las Vegas, even though we all thought it was weird that it was you know international headliners. Um, the UFC had been making plans and saying, hey, you know, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. In fact, they went so far as to earlier this week at the Nevada State Athletic Commission meeting, they got all the September dates approved, and then we see an interview with Dana White today where he tells Complex, um, yeah, it's probably going to be on Fight Island. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, who the fuck knows? And I, I, I look, and it's um, sort of getting. For the up to now, I've been very understanding, um, which I'm sure they're really grateful for that I can, you know, that I'm understanding. <laughs> but uh, up to now, I've been sort of, I get it, like you know, who the fuck knows what's going on. But now it seems like the governor of Los, the governor of Nevada said we're no longer going after industries, we're going after individual businesses. Right. You can prove to us you're not a risk. You're, good. you're fine. So they have Vegas at their at where they want to be. Yep. Like Abu Dhabi's always there as well. So you know you've got both. So I feel like we should start getting back towards the more, okay, we can tell fighters that in six weeks you'll be competing here or here. You know, you should know one or the other. I understand that there's still travel restrictions and stuff like that. Ironically enough, today the U.S. government just said that Americans can travel wherever they want now. But not. I didn't even know that. Not the other. About four hours ago. Not the other way around though. Um, (laughs) But uh, so you can spread it everywhere, but you can't bring it here. But um, sweet American. But uh, that's a very American policy right there. But you know, I I feel like they should be getting on top of it now, and I don't think they are. Nor do I think they particularly care to because it's working right now. It's wild to think how how much uncertainty there is, man. Uh, All right, though, we did get back to contender series. I I I enjoyed it for you guys. I, I don't know if you. I mean, you guys were were in the media tent, of course, collecting uh, all the winner interviews. It probably felt like just about any other fight night because that's kind of our, our life, right? Finish it's Groundhog early, Day. Did finish early, only four fights, which was crazy. Yeah. Um, I actually got to go inside, which was cool, um, because this year there are no friends and family, of course, because of COVID-19. Um, I, I liked it. You know, Dana uh, said afterwards he didn't enjoy it as much, and I kind of understand what he's saying. Like, there is something to be said about the, the people yelling and the families. And yeah. stuff. I'll be honest with you. Normally, on, on, on the past seasons of Contender Series, when they have the friends and families, I'm just nervous people are going to start fighting outside of the cage, man, because, you know, yeah. they're so close to each other, and there's not a lot of security, and people are yelling, and you can you can hear them because that's, like, that's the only people that are yelling. Um, but I kind of enjoyed it, man. I kind of enjoyed the, yeah. the just the, the, the eerie silence. It reminded me of being back in the tough gym except of course it was a much nicer setting yeah. so um i kind of enjoyed the setup and, and i'll tell you the other thing i took away from this week um was the increased amount of i mean since we're talking about COVID 19 the, the increased amount of security uh around the residence in around the host hotel uh there's a residence in basically just at the man that how, how full is that property give me when football actually has people again i mean it's it's literally yeah. right in the in the footsteps of of uh of allegiant stadium where the raiders are gonna yeah. be but man they're they're controlling what cars pull into the parking lot, and, and uh, man, they got like a tent set up outside, so you don't even have to go inside. It's a uh, man; they they really are stepping their game up. I feel like they took yeah. a little bit of Fight Island and said, "We got to put that 
put that here in Vegas. It is kind of interesting. I mean, yeah, the, the the tent setup reminds me of something that you would see if uh, say if there was an emergency or something, and the the Red Cross is on scene. I mean, it was a large tent that when you walked in, you had the the medical portion off to the side. You had the the UFC check in the the sign in right to the side and uh that's where you took the the picture of uh, instead of the dana white contender so the contender the cookies. cookies you had the, the 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 cleaning solutions um it was awesome i mean it was it was very very neat i mean like that's one of the things i always tell uh some of the people that ask like oh isn't it crazy though you're out and you're being around and you're having to get tested all this other stuff i feel good knowing that i know i have no uncertainty of as you know, I know I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are just like, I should just get tested just to see, just to see being around and being in an environment where it is so secure and there's so much testing. There's something that feels good about it. as much as it, you know, granted, we're not getting a nose swab every time. So then maybe I complain. No, we're not. I don't mind what the, the, the testing that we're have to do. And, you know, and, and for all these people that are so freaked out about, you know, oh, don't wear a mask, don't whatever. The fact that I feel like I'm getting back to normal, the routine of yeah, yeah. going to do these fight things, and that means I have to give up a little bit of time to go get a swab to wear this mask while I'm transporting or while I'm sitting in this thing. I'll do that every day of the week, knowing that I'm getting back to, like, more normal and getting back to fight action. And now it's kind of crazy because, like you said, we're getting so much fights that now it's almost like, you know, be careful for what you wish. Because now I think by the end of this, what, eight or so uh, week stretch, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sick of fights. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be sick of fights, but we have no time off because the UFC just keeps going. There's just going to be more and more. So it's it's a good problem to have, I guess. But um, I love the fact that the, the Contender Series is back, and there's something so quaint about it. What was nice that uh, Oscar even graced us, this award-nominating guy, Amazing. graced us at the at the at the at the weigh-ins. Got to share the crumbs, man. You got to share the crumbs. Because normally it's just me and Morgan there at these things, and it's kind of you funny. can really see it in the fighters' eyes as they came in and they realized. Is that Oscar Willis? Is that Oscar Willis? Mac Lives? Oscar Willis? Uh, Mac Lives here? <laughs> I mean, if they go off of your YouTube numbers, there's some good reason to, because you guys do some killer numbers. So I'm Don't sure. try and turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> like, with a fucking I mean, I still want you to get hit by a car before the voting oh, is done. sweet of you. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's it's there's something so cool about, it's such a small, quaint uh scenario that i get i get so amped up like when i'm sitting there what's kind of funny about it is i you know luckily i just i just kind of ball hog the front and just sit right in the middle so what's kind of funny is that when uh anybody that's watched anyone and they hear heidi dean's voice say five seconds baby right here in the middle she's pointing to my camera and because right in the beginning right in the, right below me though is the photog sitting there but she's pointing at my camera i'm like Thanks, baby. It feels Thanks, it, baby. it feels like it feels like regional size, but without the bullshit that comes with regional shows. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It's still streamlined, but it still feels feels regional. But it's it's but with like the UFC's like plus because you right you don't have someone shouting homophobic slurs at each other. You know right. that's <laughs> another thing. That's what, that's why I started thinking about that when you were talking about when the family and crowd is there inside the apex, or even was even at the UFC gym. You know that every single person there is so into it. They have something at stake. So when you yeah. hear the cheers. You feel the emotion. It's not fake. I was going to ask you, John, is is it more intense with the families there or without? Because I always found with the contender series, having the families there, 
uh, when someone lost, you, the, the absolute energy of devastation. I know. From you what, feel that in that the felt air. way worse. You feel so, it in the so air. when is it more intense with them there or without them there? It's probably more intense with them there. I just think I feel more comfortable because <laughs> well, I remember. Not I remember yeah. this because the side wasn't like. Opposite to uh, the media, and I just thought, oh, if they see us sort of just casually logging in, yeah. and their guys just, you know, been. Oh, it's so intense, man. Yeah. It's somebody. <laughs> or worse, when you, you see somebody like pull up their phone, and your son's walking by them, heartbroken. Who's that damn media guy with this phone? Yeah, I should man. shove that up his fucking ass. Oh, it's so know? intense, man. Like, I always felt like it was about to pop off between two families or whatever. Yeah. That's it's amazing that one, hasn't man. happened, really. Yeah. There was the one, that, remember the girlfriend that got, like, kicked out? Oh, really? Yeah, she was freaking out. That was at the tough. No, it was at this one. Because I remember it, it happened at the tough gym, but yeah. it was last year. Yeah. yeah, she got escorted out. She couldn't. Because she they wanted her to stay out. in her seat. I wish I could remember the fighter. Well, it probably doesn't matter. I want to call that fighter out. But the girl yeah. was, was getting out of her seat and, like, going up to the Notoria tricks was it? Yeah, it was just, <laughs> just yelling, yelling, and they were like, "You got to sit down, you got to sit down." So finally, they she kicked her out to the cage. Yeah, she would like get she out of her front row seat and go up to the cage and be yelling stuff. And then they kicked her out, and so, but they didn't escort her all the way out. They basically just escorted her out of the cage area, but they're still inside that big sound stage. And so she would basically like walk behind a set of of the of the of the rise yeah. rise seats and duck in in like where the walk in is, start yelling from there. And then they turn around and be like, "We said leave." And then she walk back behind another yeah. set of bleachers, and oh, it was crazy. Imagine Eddie but Alvarez's I- wife in there. Exactly, <laughs> that's what it was like. That it was that kind of volume. But that's what's kind of awesome and unique about it is that those people are so invested and that there's so much emotion. I know even as a media sitting there and watching it, even when it was at the Tough Gym, I was uh, more separated distance-wise from the action. Right. But even being further back, you feel that energy throughout the whole building. There's just something so incredible about being with like fans that are diehards. Even if it wasn't family, if they just picked and choose like diehard fans put them in there I think the energy would just I, be through the I, roof I would argue there's more pressure on a fighter debuting in the contender series than there is in a regular UFC show I think so because too. They, yeah. they know the only people who are here to watch me are my friends and family who I will yeah. be most obsessing yep. if I lose whereas if it was like Clive from Utah or whatever in the front row you don't know that guy yeah uh, Oros Medic was definitely the star of the episode the other night. Uh, kudos to uh, Cold Coffee <laughs> for uh, picking up. I always, I always talk about like speaking Dana, like when, when you just spend like hours and hours and hours of time yeah. around him, where you're like with the Dustin Jacoby call. I, I heard you say it. You're Jacoby. like, he just decided just now. I was sure. like, yeah, yeah he, he nailed decided. it. He nailed he, it. He, like, and he admitted afterwards. He's like, yes, he literally decided while he was on the spot with Laura <laughs> Sanko. And as we were watching that in the room, you were like, I think he just decided just now. Yeah. And he actually admitted <laughs> afterwards. Uh, Jordan Leavitt uh, out of Syndicate MMA. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting character for sure, man. And yeah. I, I think I think they're proud. But I will say, by the way, uh, Sherrod Blackledge, uh, also from Syndicate MMA, uh, signed as well. I, I saw they put that on social media this week. He's another kid out of Syndicate MMA that I'm super, super high on. So uh, keep an eye out for Sherrod Blackledge. Were you surprised that it was three people? Three I them? was, yeah. I was wondering, you know, with the – I thought Jacoby wasn't going to get picked. No disrespect because he looked phenomenal. And, yeah. as, and as I asked in the que- – like as I asked in the press conference, I'm like, does it suck that you got paired up with the world's toughest human being? Like that dude was done. <laughs> yeah. And so I felt bad for him, but you could tell he started. There was one moment where where his opponent was against the cage and kind of covered up, and instead of backing away to just continue like looking for the finish, he shot in for the takedown. And I was yeah. like, "Dane is done." With that it. that first round and a half, Jacoby looked amazing. Amazing. I mean, the the the, the even the color commentary couldn't say enough about him. And as it went on, 
I just that was the point. I was like, oh my god, his chances are going out the window. I feel as he was tiring, yeah. I, but his, he was so impressive that first round and a half. I was like, he's a shoe in, he's a shoe in. But I started questioning. I was like, are they going to go hard and give three right possible off right off the bat? You know, because there was a point where we were like, man, they gave but, three during but an you episode. Know, That's but I'll tell crazy. you what, though. I'll tell you what, though, and and and, and maybe this is going to factor into it too. They need bodies right now. Yeah. They need bodies, well, man. Uh, TSN's Aaron Bronze said an interview Dana and said, you know, your roster's looking like pretty big at the moment. Like you've got a, a large roster and, and with the contender series, you know, by the end of it, you can have an extra 20-odd yeah. guys or something like that. And Dana said, that's not a bad thing right now. That's so true. I, I'm telling that's you, that, I, I didn't think, it's funny that that was a great question by Aaron because I hadn't really thought about it until we just mentioned it right now, but I, I think he might be a little bit more. <laughs> they need opponents for Chimev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he wants to fight every week, folks. We need... Uh, uh, 40 more people. I feel like I'm up. a lightweight. He'll never fight me. Oh, he's coming down to 155. <laughs> ah, damn it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's. I, I think right now they might be a, a little bit more lenient and just having people. Yeah. Right. And by the way, That's I true. mean, I didn't really to, think to about any it. fighter out there right now, man, if cert, hopefully you've realized by now, stay near your weight and stay ready because, man, they're hurting for people. And it, it, it may be the we. It, it, it may be the day of the fight. They're going to be calling yeah. for people. Did you see Gerald Harris is saying that every week he's going to stay on weight. Yeah, and and I love Gerald, man. He's been around the game for a long time. He said every week he's going to weigh in, document yep. his own weigh in, uh, and just be ready just I'm so they know. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude. If you have family in Las Vegas and you're a UFC fighter, I'd probably come to chill. Come here. on out uh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be ready. Yeah. Well, that was one of the hardest things that, uh, and this this fighter's going to kill me, but oh, for this contender series. Uh, was it Demonte, uh, Demonte Johnson? They got pulled off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fighter, so right. he took the fight short he notice. Huh? You got what? Pulled off. Pulled off. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Whatever. Oh, you meant something else. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, like, so here's a guy that was struggling, you know, and this goes to the point of like trying to be closer to weight because you never know what's going to happen. Demonte Robinson. By Demonte the way. Robinson. Yeah, yeah. So he was struggling so hard to get it. The guy, when he first took the plastics off, I didn't really see much you know, sweat on him. And I was like, oh, man, this poor guy, he's trying to shave or try to shed some more. And he came back, and I didn't notice at first, but the the UFC photog pointed out about how he shaved his head, probably shaved, shaved off beard, every shaved hair off, off, of, off of his body. But that's what some of these guys are doing to try to get these short-notice fights. So you're right. If, if, if somebody's – No, if he really wanted close, it, it he'd have his blood drawn. You know, that's, that's when you're hardcore. Right? <laughs> Do you remember that guy? Oh, that's so – it's so crazy. But I felt so bad for him. And then he did all that, and then to have the fight pulled off because for of, a different reason for he a different some, reason so apparently he had some eye injuries that he didn't know about just so crazy so i hope he gets another shot hopefully they'll do not, him not do know about an eye injury i don't know hopefully they'll do right by him because we've seen it before where something's happened even when guys have won but didn't get a contract come back later in the season yeah. so hopefully they'll get recycled back around and we'll actually get to see him and get rewarded for that work but but you're right i think if fighters right now can just get in the mindset of stay close to one of the the weight classes that Just you're either there, used man. to or right St next to you weight. might get that call. Well, it's, it's funny you say about the, the contender series guys getting like second chance and stuff because I yeah. remember when it first started, I was like, oh, it's a one and done thing. But actually, the whole concept of the show is these are the best people out there. Just because they lose that one fight right. doesn't mean they're not. So, so you can you can. It, just you can even see him in the same season, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you that guy will definitely fight this season, I think. I think, I think so, so as well. I think so, too. The bad news so we got too. that night, we found out for sure that it broke while we were there, that we lost to Yair Rodriguez versus Beat Magma Sherapov fight. Um, we, we kept wondering why it wasn't being announced. We knew for a fact that Zabit uh, had signed his contract. Uh, we had heard behind the scenes, and I think he actually came out and said it publicly. We find out Yair is hurt. Uh, so I wanted to ask you guys, 
what do you think the move is right now? Because Zabit is campaigning and saying, well, I was here. I was ready. That was my number one contender fight. Didn't happen. Give me the title shot. Alexander Volkanovsky kind of responded and said, <laughs> nice, nice play, but get yourself a fight and we'll see about it. Um, you know, Yair is saying, hey, hang on and wait. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll get ready. But I will say, I don't know that – I mean, I guess you could say it for both the guys, to be honest with you, but waiting for Yair – Man, he, he doesn't fight frequently. Like, I, I don't know that you wait for Yair. I want to see the matchup. And as we talked before, Oscar, I mean, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of fights that A, are happening, B, make a lot of sense. I mean, what's what's the play here? Calvin Cater is saying that he's interested, he's in, they have some history. Uh, I, I don't know. What's, what's the right play here? If I look at it from the outside looking in without knowing their own personal situations, if I was to beat, this is a fight that's been kicked around a long, long time and, and for whatever reason, one or another, it's not come to fruition. So waiting for your year would be out of my interest. I also combine that with the fact that we're in a, you know, despite the fact I just about 10 minutes ago said things are back on track. <laughs> we're in a pandemic. you got to get paid when you can get paid, yeah. I think. So if you're here, you're in shape, just get a fight, you know, the, the odds are in your favor. So I would take a, a, a replacement fight. I would take it against Calvin Cater because it's probably the one name that isn't a massive step down, still worthy of your time. I, I would do that. Uh, calling out Volkanovski, I can, okay, I can appreciate the effort, but... Hey, take that, a shot, take that, a shot. It's not going to happen though, is it? Yeah. You know, it, besides Volkanovski's in Australia, you know, what's he going to come back here, quarantine for 14 days for a short notice fight or whatever. So... If I was a beat, I would get get paid, fight Calvin, kill off another one, another contender, and then you know if you beat Calvin, they'll give you the title shot. That's what I think too. They'll give you the title shot, and then they'd probably do Holloway versus Yair. Yeah, because that which that, that'd be a great fight. I'd love that fight, but uh, I wouldn't wait for Yair because of you know. I agree. I don't. I, I think. I think that's the fight to make. I think if you're a beat, you know, you can sit around, play, try to play hardball, and say I deserve the title shot. But I don't think. But you're you know, they want to give him the title shot. You know, they like that guy. You know, they like his following. You know, they like that region. You know, they want to give him that. Like him versus Volkanovski in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, they'll take that. They'll take that. But he just needs that one win. Kate is on a big sort of push at the moment. Get him. To me, it's a no-brainer. That's the fight yeah, you got to make. I, I, I think it's the fight. You know, I asked Dana, like, are you looking for a replacement? He said, yes. I'm pretty sure if they're looking at any fight, that is the fight they're looking at. Yeah. It's, it. it's just whether Zabit takes it or not. By the way, uh, shout out to my CFFC crew. Uh, we, we got uh, we just added uh, Zabit's little brother uh, next week. So he'll be on the, the CFFC uh, 82 card. So we were supposed to uh, – that's a, a late addition to the card. We got two events, back-to-back nights, Wednesday night and Thursday night. So I'll actually be in Philadelphia – uh, Colin fights uh, on those two nights, and I'll fly back for USC 252. And by the way, I want to shout out my CFSC crew as well. Uh, Chris Dawkins was supposed to fight in the main event of the Wednesday card for the CFSC heavyweight title, and he got the call to the UFC, and they said fine. And I think that's awesome, man. Like the dude was supposed to be their main event in their return fight from a, a layoff, and they said, nope, we're here to develop fighters for the UFC. And uh, if he got the call, he got the call. So uh, I just wanted to give them a shout out because I thought that was pretty cool. We've seen situations where other people kind of sit on fighters, and, and uh, I don't like that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, NSAC meeting. I want to touch on this real quick uh, from Wednesday. Uh, obviously, telephonic meeting. You can't, they're not doing any in-person meetings anymore. Three different USC fighters were on there because of temporary suspensions for marijuana. And I just got to say, garbage. And by the way, this is – uh, not USADA. This is the NSAC only. Okay. Uh, the my understanding of the USADA policy now is that the USADA puts 
uh, marijuana on its drugs of abuse list, which means if you test positive for it, you have to uh, subject yourself to potential like counseling or uh, rehab policies, things like that, but you don't get suspended for it. So they are not going to face any repercussions from USADA. This is all from the state of Nevada. And I got to say, man, where this is marijuana the, is legal, where, where marijuana is completely legal. And I, I just find this archaic. And I tweeted about it the other day, but I'll, I want to take a chance to speak about it again because I think it's archaic. I think it needs to be changed. Now, I will say this. I do believe it's fine to test for marijuana. I do believe for the safety of the athletes, we do want to make sure they're not under the influence when they step in the cage for their right. own safety. It's the same reason we don't allow fighters to, to be drunk. Obviously, alcohol is legal. You can consume it, but we don't allow fighters to be under the influence of alcohol when they step in the cage. And it's for their own safety. Like Every, every athlete you talk to will say, hey, if my opponent's high – Cool, go for it. Like I know yeah. his response is going to be slower. Like I'm, I'm going to have so no, no fighter cares about their opponent. It's for their own safety. So I'm totally fine with testing for marijuana to see if they're under the, the influence at that time. But other than that, metabolites from them smoking on Thursday or I was I was talking to somebody about this these cases behind the scenes and they were saying that, that some of these numbers they think might have been from like a week ago or two weeks ago because when you factor in the way you're cutting weight and all that I mean that's to me that's just obscene and, and I just want to throw it out there that uh dude this has got to change yeah, it's pathetic it's, it's it's embarrassing and it's you know but we're not long from the the state that tried to ban Nick Diaz for five years you know, but we're talking about a state where it's legal. You have people with medicinal cards for it, which means it's a medicine. I'm completely with you, John. That you know, I don't want fighters going in there stoned on right. fight night. I think that's ridiculous. You know, I think it's fair to to expect better from the athletes for that. But like you say, you know, I just I just don't get it. For God's sake, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely it's hot ridiculous. garbage, is what it is. It's got to change. I understand that there there may be a chance to to change it. That they might talk to him about it, but. Uh, I, I'd like to see it done. Uh, I, I, hopefully these fighters don't – it's going to be addressed at next month's meeting. Hopefully they don't face uh, much repercussion. Maybe it's one of those things where they're like, hey, we'll give you 90 days, which is really not a suspension because you probably wouldn't have fought in 90 days anyway, you know? So I just hate the idea that they can take your money from you. You know, yeah. they can stop you from working because you had a smoke, smoke to Jay. Especially if they come to the point where it is just trace amounts so it ha that it doesn't seem that it came from fight night. It should be – completely out of their purview of being able to be punishable for it's just, it's just it, ridiculous it's kind of crazy like you like we just said you know uh, the in competition window versus the out of competition window if it's a legal substance in that state it's actually none of their fucking business if you've touched it before the night of the fight in my opinion i agree yeah. it's actually none of their business uh, if, especially if, when we know it's not anything performance enhancing yeah it, of, yeah of course i mean if 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 you went out on a bender or, or you know, whatever the night before, and you came, and you were still a bit impaired. Maybe there's a case, but marijuana doesn't really do that to you. Yeah, you're not going to show up hungover, right? Like, yeah. like you know, with alcohol. So, just want to say that I, I, I think, I think there's, I hope there's going to be a move towards adjusting this, but it, it needs to be changed. The other thing I wanted to point out too is uh, Mark Andre Barrio was on there, and he tested positive for Osterine. Um, Osterine is, and, and I've talked to Jeff Davitsky about this in the past. I've talked to some other people as well. Um, as far as we can tell. Like it's literally just cross contamination issues in production facilities. Like there's, there's, it's something that stays in your system forever. Nobody would ever use it intentionally, uh, with any half degree of intelligence. Um, but the thing is, these these athletes have to understand there is supplements that you can take uh, that are that are basically 
certified. They've they've they're they're certified safe. Uh, they've got these logos. They they. I'm looking at it right now. I had Jeff sim, sent me the thing. Jeff Davinsky sent me it. I'm looking at all these logos. I mean, they 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 educate the athletes into what they can take. Say, make sure it has this on it because if it has this, uh, informed sport, trusted by sport, certified sport, NSF. Um, man. Take that, and, and I just it frustrates me that people take these. You know, they know that there's contaminated supplements out there, and yet they they continue to allow themselves to be put in this position. Well, but it's again, it's 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 you know, if you're an athlete, it's probably just unless you get to the top tier where you're just you're constantly exposed to the best nutritionists, the best sort of sports scientists. Well, some of them just probably grab protein powder because they think, oh, I should probably take protein powder. They don't even know why they're taking protein right. powder. They're just grabbing right. it. Um, just, I just remembered this while you were talking back on the cannabis thing. Didn't a cannabis company sponsor the UFC? Aurora CBD. For, yeah, for yep. a, you know, Aurora CBD. What sort of mixed message is that? <laughs> well, and again, the USADA well, that program yeah. doesn't, but it's this is Nevada. Stay yep. in Nevada. So, uh, all right, listen, uh, that's in the end of my soapbox there. Uh, I should say, if you, if you like what you're hearing, and hopefully you do, even though it's been a bit of a wild one with the way we started, uh, <laughs> we would appreciate it. But take, take a if chance. you want to support the firings of people, <laughs> <laughs> then what you do is you make sure that you're subscribed wherever you're listening to us. You also take a second to rate us, review us. You could be like uh, our man Anthony Beach on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. He logged in. Not only does he send us fine, fine frosty beverages, frosty beverages from Latchkey Brewing. Um, but he also took the time to log in and said, hey, behind the scenes and insider MMA info, he said, if you enjoy all things MMA and combat sports, this is the podcast for you. John Morgan and Cold Coffee cover the sport with an immense amount of passion and knowledge, all stemming from years on the job of experience covering the sport, hilarious discussions fueled by frosty beverage consumption, featuring awesome guest hosts like Oscar from the Mac Life oh, cheers, boys. Oscar? and Simon Head as Where's well. Oscar? <laughs> the award-winning. Award, oh, award-nominated. I just gave him the award. <laughs> yeah! Oh, no. yes! What have I done? What have I done? It's all mine. Uh, Hot so, T for the win. So leave us some feedback. We'd appreciate that. Give us five stars if you can. Always appreciate that. Or if you want to take your game to the next level, head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, where, by the way, Anthony Beach also signed up over there. Anthony uh. Beach is, is, is this episode's MVP. The man sends us frosty beverages, which, by the way, he said another shipment. He actually texted me while we were talking here. He said a, a frosty package uh, should be arriving on Saturday for years in cold coffee. Oh. So he's sending Hashtag us some more latchkey. So he's sending us some more latchkey brewing, and he took the time to log into Apple Podcasts and rate us and review us and leave us feedback. And he joined up over at patreoncom slash MMA Roadshow, <laughs> wow. where for as little as three dollars a month, you can get access to everything over there. It's kind of a little community over there. We we interact a lot. Well, I mean, I try to interact with everybody on Twitter, Instagram, wherever I can. But if you're there, if you're at patreoncom slash MMA Roadshow, you're getting messages, bro. You 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 are reaching out to me directly. So <laughs> you're gonna Anthony get more shit than you up over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get half naked scar pictures. You get the you what? get the you get the oh, oh, oh yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah, taking yeah. Sorry, pictures. I thought it was get, the other one you sent me. <laughs> No, that's just private, dog. <laughs> oh, <thanks laughs> that's a different Patreon. <laughs> yeah. It's far more expensive. That's my fans it's called OnlyFans. It's my OnlyFans page. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Anthony Beach gets MVP for this week. But I also want to give a shout out to uh, Michael Jung, who also signed up, and Eric Carvet, who stepped up to the star level, man. Yes, I saw stepped that. Stepped up his well, game. Well done. I mean, I, I, I'll be the first that, one, I have uh, no kind of – uh, Twitter user following, but I love Patreon. I love the fact that I know that these people are are paying attention. To what's going on? So I love talking on Patreon. I 
I maybe tweet like five times a year, and it's usually pictures of Oscar or pictures of understandable of me. <laughs> you know, right? I'm like, of I gotta get known, <laughs> 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 or or like half pictures of myself, so uh, half naked pictures. But I love it. I think you're right. I, I think we've fostered a, a really fun community within the Patreon thing, and uh, it's fun. It's fun. I like interacting with the people there because they they ask they ask really really good really questions. Educating. So it's yep. it's a lot of fun dealing with a. Uh, Stuff like that. So uh, thank you very much to our Patreon folks. Uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I don't want to speak on behalf of you guys, but I think as anyone in even and you two are much more public than I. I think when you deal with the mass MMA fandom, sometimes it can be a little bit grating. So yeah. when you have people that are there specifically to follow you and to support right. you, it tends to show turn out that they're pretty cool. Well, I mean, I know we got a lot of good messages from our Patreon fans talking about old hot tea. So that was uh, that was good. So we, that's right, man. You know, our our people are very very knowledgeable and they're very attractive. They're funny. Uh, well endowed, and, I heard. Yes, well and endowed. very well endowed. Yeah, I, I heard unlike all the people of our doing pa- the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, true story. True story. <laughs> where's, right. where's my thimble? I need wow. to put it back on. I need to put the cap back on. Okay. Jeez, we're all going to be fired. Let's <laughs> uh, <laughs> talk plenty of MMA this weekend, by the way. Bellator 243 oh, yeah, is MMA. on Friday <laughs> night. Nolan King is out there in uh, Uncasville, Connecticut, the fight sphere. He's out there handling business. Uh, meanwhile, uh, of course, we will be handling uh, the UFC event here, UFC on ESPN Plus 32. I want to ask you guys an interesting question because, all right, uh, first of all, this this Bellator card is, is sneaky good, actually. You've got... Michael Chandler versus Benson Henderson, the rematch in the main event. Of course, Michael Chandler's done great things for Bellator. Benson Henderson, we all know, um, you know his history in the UFC, WC as well. Timothy Johnson versus Matt Mitrione, Georgia Karakanyan versus Miles Jury, Saba Hamasi versus Curtis Millender. So, all very, very recognizable names, uh, you know, in on the main card. Uh, certainly, of course, Chandler and Henderson being the biggest stars of it. Uh, but when you get down to the prelims, mm-hmm. uh, Adam Borix is in there. AJ Agazon versus Chris Lencioni is in one. there. Of course, Valley Lareda, who's become all the rage. <laughs> we understand why Fight there. The night. <laughs> uh, and then some under, you know, some some names that may be flying to the radar. But I know a Dung, who's a talented, Dung, yeah. yeah. And then Dalton Rusta as well, who um, looks like he could be the real deal as well. So it's actually a pretty good little card. Um, and then when you get over to the UFC, of course, uh, as we said, I mean, the UFC, they're, they're kind of scrapping together cards right now. And it's not like I'm, I'm not trying to hate on it whatsoever. I like a lot of the fights on here. Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek, of course, the main event, kind of an old school striker versus grappler. Uh, Amari Akhmadov versus Chris Weidman, uh, you know, kind of a crossroads fight there for Chris Weidman, man. Really got to put something together. Mackie Patola versus Darren Stewart. Uh, could be a real banger there. Yannick Kuskaya versus Julija Stolyarenka and Benil Dariush versus Scott Holtzman, which I, I love that fight. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of these fights individually. But what I wanted to say overall was the, the, the kind of the cards in the main event because one of our questions that we had on uh, spinning back click this week, uh, which Simon Head, our good friend from over in the U.K., hosts most weeks and, um, you know, we kind of debate topics. But the question was, what's the bigger main event? Is it Chandler versus Henderson to – Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek. And it's funny because I was the only one on the panel that said the bigger main event is definitely Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek. And, uh, well, you gave a funny reason. Well, and, well, and I gave a funny reason at first. I said, well, because they're both much bigger. So, yeah, of course, it's the pounds. bigger. Yeah, it's 200 pounds. But, but I went back to it and said, no, no, no. But listen, I do think it's the bigger main event because 
it, when you look in the current world rankings, now, granted, heavyweight is thinner than lightweight for sure. Well, this, well that sounds weird, but the the talent <laughs> level is is uh, is certainly you know not quite as deep of a division. So those guys are ranked. And to me, if it's anything that's going to affect the world rankings, then that's the more impactful fight. Chandler versus Henderson, while both those guys certainly have spent time in the rankings, they're not there currently. So in my mind, I was like, yep, that's the answer. And then uh, Gorgeous George goes, you know, they both they both went the other way. And it left me thinking afterwards, was I wrong? Was I looking at this the wrong way? And I did start to think about, like, if we were talking – Five years from now, and looking back on the best fights from the weekend, of, or the most memorable, or the or the most impactful in history, like I don't know, it, it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Chandler and Henderson has an opportunity to be more impactful in terms of of his history and historical significance, or something. I mean, obviously those two are are kind of you know former champions. Right. That, whereas Lewis and Olenek, I mean. I can't – we'll see what happens in the fight, but I, I just don't see it being etched in the annals of history, but maybe I'm wrong about that. So I don't know. Which I, which one do you think is the, the, the bigger fight, and, 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 and how, how do we look at this? Uh, unfortunately, and it's something I've, I've expressed annoyance with in the past, but MMA is a sport of what have you done for me lately. And unfortunately, I think that applies here, man. I think Lewis and Olenek is, is the bigger fight. Like you said, they're, they're both ranked guys. I think – if you have a fight with older fighters that needs to sort of overcome the what have you done for me lately, they need to be on the stature of like your Liddell versus Vandalay Silva. You know, that was a fight where they're both past it, but it was such an iconic matchup that it sort of shone through. Right. I just don't think maybe if Benson Henson's career in Bellator had been a bit more, um, I don't, know, I don't want to say successful, no, but it's it's, just, it's, it's, it's his his momentum has definitely slowed since he came to Bellator. Yeah, and you know, Mike Chan is sort of half in, half out with Bellator. It looked like he was going to leave for a second. You know, I just think for me, it's it's um, I, I try and say this without sounding completely just rebel, but it's a very Bellator fight, and I just don't necessarily think that has ramifications in the current realm of MMA. Whereas Derek Lewis, you know, Derek Lewis beats as a Olenek, he could easily fight the winner of whoever wins against Ngannou, you know, because yeah. they just refuse to give Curtis Blades title shot. That's definitely the way I looked at it originally. Like I said, it's 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 what's more impactful. Now, mm-hmm. Cole Coffey, you you know, you obviously produced that segment. You were taping it. You you heard the, the argument as we were having it. Um, what, what's your take on, on which one is the, the bigger main event? Because, listen, in terms of in terms of all-time accompl- – in terms of accomplishments, Chandler and Henderson – have Heavily both outweighs. right? Yeah. Each I would say yeah. each of them has accomplished more than Derek or Alexi, right? right? I mean that's fair. That's easy yep. to say, right? Yep. If, okay, so both of them has a, have accomplished more. Now in terms of popularity, I would say Derek Lewis is probably, and I, I didn't do like a social media look or whatever, but Derek Lewis has to be the most popular out of all four of those individuals, right? I would say easily. I would think if you if you did a, a poll of randoms right now, he's the guy that they would probably that would probably register. Right. But I think you would still need to refresh a casual's memory. Like you'd have to pull out. Did you ever hear that guy say that hot balls yeah, comment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet somebody would do it. Do you think so? I think he's very popular, man. I think he is, but I just don't know if he's became name like a particular like just a name that you could throw out and a random would would say like oh okay I know who you're talking about I think some people you have to kind of refresh maybe maybe he has reached it to where he he is that 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 well, face value that was right if, off if, if we go back to my original argument that was my argument as well that you're kind of touching on is is that I said to casuals I would think Chandler and Henderson would probably maybe right. have more value but to hardcores Lewis and Olenek was so I don't know which which way do you but mean? Do you I guess so? just I, 
I, I think that casuals. You think casuals know Derek? But what, you think ca- to casuals that's the bigger fight, man. I, I think I think Derek Lewis is my balls are hot on UFC 229. Right, has probably eclipsed the popularity of Henderson and Chandler together. Wow. You know, the, uh, I'm, the eyes that he got from that comparatively, yeah, are massive. And those two, you know, they haven't had the sort of spotlight on them sure. in like five six years. You know. I guess for me, I'll, I'll I'll be devil's advocate and jump on the other side. When I was thinking about what is a bigger fight, uh, you know, you're right. When you look at Derek and you look at uh, Lexi, in terms of the the division and standing and what it means, that fight for, you know, setting up who is continuing on the path to, to fight for the title, you know, it's definitely that particular fight. But when I think of what Chandler and what Benson mean to the overall brand of Bellator, these while these guys are maybe sunsetting in their careers shortly, they still are for Bellator huge names. These are still two people that represent the brand. And if Bellator had to go out and and look for investors or, or look to try to sell somebody on why they should watch Bellator, these are two of the names that they're going to throw out and say, "We have this guy. We have Michael Chandler. We have Benson Henderson. We have former champs." And here's a here's a battle of two former champs that are trying to, you know, either still work towards the the top or they're going to answer some questions. You know, there was some debate as for who should have really got the win the last time. So there's a little, you know, you can maybe put a little heat towards that. So when I looked at the, these fights as for which went meant more for the brand, uh, the Chandler-Henderson fight, for me, felt like it was more important of a fight for Bellator for overall, for the promotion. That. That's fair. I would agree Outside with that, of sure. just like, what does right. a Derek and Alexi fight mean for the UFC? It means, hey, we got a headliner for this weekend. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. You know, so, it's but a good it, point. But in terms of what makes sense for the division, and as for, you know, for something that's like, I want to see something that, you know, heck with these just random exhibition fights of grabbing this guy and this guy. I want to fight that means something. For the guys that are fighting for the division, that are fighting towards a title, Derek Lewis and Alexi Olnick, all day long uh, for when it comes to that. But I think it's a good way to break it down. By the way, it looks like it looks like Oscar and I had the same idea in terms of let's like, actually get some hard data, which is you know probably what we should do as journalists or whatever. Yeah. But did, did you did you pull up all three of the Instagrams? I did. Yeah. Give, give us the, give us the data. By the way, here, so here we are talking about the casual fans and, yeah, and, so, uh, so and I mean, this is granted it's a very inf- uh, informal. I mean, all we're looking yeah, at just is Instagram numbers. Yeah, it's not a great metric, but Benson Henderson has one hundred forty six thousand followers. Michael Chanda has three hundred seventy eight thousand followers, and then Derek Lewis has one point eight million followers. I wonder, but. So Bellator should sign Derek Lewis, put him against Rampage, and (laughs) fucking blow this fight out of the water. Don't you think that Benson and those guys, when they were firing on on all cylinders, was Twitter really even a thing? But that's what I'm saying, though. Maybe at that point, if it was, if Twitter was as big as a social uh, item at that time, maybe they would have had millions and millions. If it was, if if it was, I don't really remember Twitter as being a bigger part of life. Back in those no, days, no, definitely not. Now you know, it's a, now but it's like a, now, it's like we got the president waste that, hole that sucks <laughs> us in every day, <laughs> which is so kind of crazy. So I, get, I don't know. It's just weird. I feel like you're you're looking at guys that now maybe uh, you know you have the people that follow them are the diehard fans that have loved them forever and just want to keep up on what's sort of happening. Whereas Derek, after that hot balls comment, I think his social media bumped up like exponentially. Like how many th- people do you think follow night? Derek Lewis 
just because of like the stuff that he posts and don't even like know him as a as fighter. fighter. Half of them. Yeah. I bet 50% of people he's just want to see just what the, he says just that. The he's o- just the he's okay videos that he yeah. always posts or whatever. Well, yeah. also, you know, talking about that 229 thing, Joe Rogan specifically said on the broadcast, you got the best Instagram in the game. So I wonder how many people were casually watching that. Guys, I, I better go I follow be, this I guy. go follow this guy. So here's another question about Bellator. Uh, this is the last fight on Michael Chandler's deal. He's made it clear he wants to test free agency. Um, you know, he's, I think, 34 years old at this point. Um, so certainly has some... Uh, a couple years left, I would say, of, of top-level competition if he wants to make a run at the UFC. Clearly, if you if you go to the UFC, you're going to face nothing but killers. They're not going to bring you in at some, hey, let's let's start you low on the food chain. You know, they're going to be paying for you. So what do you guys think? He's testing free agency. Is he testing free agency just to get the best deal possible, or do you think he has the passion, the desire to go? Because I, I would say for most of Michael Chandler's career, he was – top five in the world at worst like i yeah. think he could come in in the ufc and, and 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 maybe not maybe not beat your habibs maybe not you know maybe not beat tony ferguson i don't know but definitely be competitive with anybody in the division so yeah what do you think if you're if you're advising michael chandler or if you're if you're thinking about how he's probably thinking what do you think he's made it clear he wants to test free agency you think he's jumping ship or you think he's just negotiating i'll, I'll go quick because i know you'll break it down a lot more i would say there's two two, two ultimate choices i think he doesn't want to go to one. I mean, he maybe he'll get some sort of uh, maybe a little pay bump, but he's going to get some crazy killers that are going to give him every bit of a run for his money. I think that'll happen at the UFC as well. Maybe you'll have the luck of when, um, you know. Um, yeah, because in one, you end up facing crazy killers that nobody's ever even that heard That nobody's of. ever seen. And if UFC, you face crazy killers, but at least people go, dude, that dude yeah. fought Dustin Poirier. Yeah, and yeah. He, you know what I mean? I like, mean, he could come in like a gagey and, and just be this quiet storm that just rocks people, but – at his age and at at the way that his body, his injuries that he's had recently, I would try to hold out and get as much money, come back in a Bellator, or maybe try to get a nice paycheck, go over to the PFL, just rock shit, and uh, get another, you know, maybe a year or so fights. But outside of that, I would use it for a bargaining chip, but I think Bellator is a great fit for him. I don't think he wants to try to come back in get pushed down the ladder and try to work his way back up up in the UFC. I don't think he has that many fights in mind because if you try to go from the UFC, he's going to need at least four or five fights to get a possibility. And then maybe that's just too many. Uh, and maybe I'm, I'm playing it too many before I think he I would, would say, have a, a possibility of getting – I'd say he could do it in three. I'd say he could do it in three. But you'd have to have killers right from the oh, get-go. But you, exactly, but you're going to face three killers. But you figure he's going he's gonna to want not the, the biggest fight for his first one. And then if, if they do give him a killer, I mean, like, at, at not being uh, the current champ – it'd be one thing if he was a current champ, I would think, then come over and give him maybe three fights. Right. But if he loses to Benson, he I would say – Coming over the UFC isn't going to happen. That wouldn't even be an option. Yeah, he's not going to. But if he does win, I still think uses as a bargaining chip. I would say get more money, but I say stay in Bellator. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like his, if he was thirty, yeah. it's a different thing, right? But he's he's not. He's a bit older. So at this point, you know, the career is going to be starting to wind down soon, if right. not already. You have to get as much guaranteed. I think money he's as you mentioned can. as much, right? I mean, I, I mean, maybe I maybe I'm mixing up I interviews. Mean, I thought he's maybe said that you know he's he's planning for the future. He's, he's yeah. already thinking about the career after MMA. I also think you know he might find the interest not to be as crazy as all that. I remember Eddie Alvarez said in an interview that they tried to sh- to sell the 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 third fight to one, and one were like, "Nah, we'll take." Not interested. Yeah. So maybe the interest in that. If he beat Benson, you would go to the UFC, and then I think that you would have to basically take a, a risk 
I will join the UFC probably for less money than Bellator will give me, but I need to come in and I need to fight Poirier right away because, like you said, yeah. he doesn't have that many fights. He's and right. I, while he might want to slowly ease his way in, you don't have the time. You got to come yeah. in and just like go to that sort of top tier. Because how many do you think? Like, he like, I was gonna say, three, if he, maybe if he, three is the idea. Like, Askren, want, like they want. did with Askren, it's got to be the Askren model. Like yeah, yeah. get him in three yeah. fights, so killers. Here's what I say. Okay, let's yeah. say let's say he beats Vincent Henderson and Bellator goes. You know what, man? We're waving our right to match. You're you're totally free, dude. You're good. We're not we're not doing our 30 day exclusive. We're not doing our 90 day right to match. You can go. So this is kind of a dream scenario. Which they would owe him at this point. I feel like definitely would. Yeah. But let's say they pass in, so he can actually sign with the UFC next week. Okay, so we know what's out there. We know what's booked. I would say at worst. And I'm looking at the MMA Junkie rankings, as everybody should. I mean, why would you look anywhere else? But I would say, at worst, you're coming in against number eight Cowboy, which would be a, a good matchup, right? A guy yeah. that's kind of at the end of his career. Yeah. That'd be a good matchup. Or you're getting Hooker or Charles Oliveira, which that would be. I mean, that's that's that's. I think those are. I'm not saying winnable matchups, but I think those are fair matchups, they are right? Fair those, matchup. those are right. fair matchups because, as you yeah. said, you come in against Poirier in your first fight, like. Sink or swim, dog. Yeah, that'd be tough. But what a fucking swim that would be. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you if you beat Poirier, you get a title shot probably off the back of that. I mean, especially his fight style. Well, I actually, mean, not that, that division. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, right. That yeah, you'd be third in line at that, that point. That would be a heck of a you know when they say Styles makes fights, uh, a Poirier <laughs> versus Chandler would be a uh, a ball buster, man. That would be a lot of fun. But you're right. I mean. Maybe that's maybe that's the case. Is how many fights does he really want, and that will probably dictate uh, where he goes. Because you know, if if he's thinking in his mind, you know, I got another, I got another couple years, I got another two or three years. I mean, that could be five fights. I mean, if he's got in his mind, you know, I, I got another good two years. You know, a couple, you know, a couple fights one year, maybe another couple fights another year. I mean, you have a little bit more leeway, but I just don't see. Him wanting to go to a place where he needs to re, you know, re-show why he is there. I agree. You I know, when Gage came over, Gage was like, yeah, he's a like guy. I think so, and he should. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, there's some people that are like, it has to be the UFC. It has to be the UFC. I think the Bellator has proved themselves to be one, an organization that supports the fighters and allows them to have their their creative freedom to do what they want to do. They let them have fun with their walkouts and let them get to their sponsorship. They let them wear whatever. It lets them have these personalities, and it's paying a decent wage. And from everything that I've seen from him and everything I've heard from fighters, fighters respect the hell out of Coker. They they dig yeah. what he's doing. So why go to another organization where you kind of are not at the top of the totem pole? You are literally earning your way back up. And if you're an older fighter, I'm not saying like he's an older fighter. I mean, he's still like 10 years younger than me. But still, this is a... a <laughs> and you fight regularly. <laughs> so, uh, I fight so often. It's just unreal. Don't do it. Don't follow my path, young man. Uh, Wear a mask! <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's just I, I don't see why somebody would leave uh, a good thing for... Unless the money... I mean, obviously, if, if, it's, if one fight fighting somebody... Uh, Less than what you're probably, you know, going to fight in another organization, but it's like twice the money. Then you go with the twice the money. Right. If somebody's offering you twice the money, who fucking cares? But if it's but the same, go. if it's the same, but if it's the same, just stay, stay at Bellator. Bellator. I agree. If, if, if you also, if you're Bellator, you know, 
he might not be your future, right? But right. he is a recognizable name. And, he's a pillar. And, and you kind of need to keep them around, even yep. if it's like, perhaps he's not worth the money we're going to offer him, but you need those recognizable names, yep. recognizable names and, to and make not, it worth and it. And you're not yep. worried about that guy getting in trouble, yeah, uh, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, like besmirching yep. your brand. That's he's true. such a great representative. I mean, squeaky clean dude. And you're right. When you think of like some of the killers out there and who represents a brand. When you think of Bellator, Chandler for sure is yeah. one of those cats that you're just like, oh yeah, Michael Chandler. And yeah, Chandler. And you don't and have say to Chandler say Chandler and the Pitbull brothers, right? Like yeah. that's like. And you don't need to sell people on them. Like you don't need to say like, trust me, this guy's good. Like people are like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I he's got an you. Established he, commodity. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's he's a fantastic fighter, and that's why I'm excited for this fight. You know, I mean, I was gonna play. Uh, Benson's walkout song just to be an <laughs> asshole because I keep throwing it towards everybody. You do keep saying it. you're like, don't overlook Benson. Don't don't look don't overlook Benson. I mean, I feel with Benson, this is one of those fights that I think he knows people are already picking against him. So I think when we've seen Benson kind of go out there and and perform well is when people kind of overlook and it gives him that little spark. I mean, one he knows he believes in himself. He has a family to take care of, so you'll never get uh, a Benson that doesn't train hard. For a fight, but I think when you find that Benson that makes him want to get that that winning urge back, something that it just ticks him a little bit, that little something. This is that fight. This is one of those fights I think where one he wasn't happy with the way that the last fight ended, but also Benson's a guy that's not going to be around forever too. So th if there's a handful or a couple fights that you could hang your hat on towards the end of your career, that you can look back on your career and that you know you can end on a good note. This is probably one of the biggest fights that Benson's going to have near the end of his career. Yes. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, in the future. I'm not a, a you know a seer to see the future, but this is about as big as Benson is going to get, probably moving forward. So I, it, I would say if there's a fight that's going to get him up for it, this is it. So I'm looking forward to see Benson come out and just you know come hot and heavy. So that would be crazy, right? If Chandler's kind of thinking about what that free agent contract's going to yes, be and, and Benson realizing this is my moment. Dude. Ooh. And, I, and Boy, that, that, that would change the balance of everything. Right? And Benson's always been, you know, and granted, and we've always said this too, you know, interacting and interviewing these fighters over the years, you can't but help get sort of into uh, their family, their lives. You know, as much as we try to stay impartial, I feel like I've watched his family, his young family, come up and grow in front of us become yeah. a thing you know you were there and, when he proposed to his wife right that's right <laughs> so it's all it's it's uh I, I, he's always been uh super swell to work with he he does his interviews he he comes in even he if used i to know not he love might media be, so much but now he, he, right, he's but a he lot better now but he would still come in there yeah. and he always showed respect and he never gave me grief when i worked for the ufc and then afterwards so i give him i give him uh the utmost respect and i'm so excited for this fight because I think there's there's two different opposing forces that are going to come in here with two totally different uh, hopeful outputs. Chandler wants to make a case so he can be as uh, you know that's hot item that everybody's going to want. And I think Benson's like, this is my last. Well, I, I don't want to say my last. This is one of my last moments to show people that I am still this special special fighter. So, yeah. dude, this is going to be fun. So, I, and I love I love Derek Lewis. More than the, just my name because he, he's an incredible person. But when I look at this weekend, when I see what this what's going to happen on Friday and what's going to happen on Saturday, I'm super stoked for this fight. It's, it's a good weekend, man, and, and, and it is a big fight. And as I said, sneaky good little undercard for uh, for Bellator as well. Let's talk about that Derek Lewis-Alexi Olenek fight because um, 
it does have some impact on division. I mean, that's the reason I picked this. It is crazy, right? Because it's that old school, you know, striker versus grappler. <coughs> Derek Lewis looks good, man. He looks lean. Now we are fighting in the small cage, right? So I'm really interested here, right? Oh, because yeah. Alexi, so we're in the small cage, which you think favors the grappler because they've they've got less to to try to chase you down. Now Derek Lewis not the most mobile guy anyway, but I think he's more mobile than Alexi Olenek, who's basically like just a tank coming at you. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like just rolling on treads, like coming at you. You know? <laughs> um, and I feel like Derek Lewis uh, should be able. To, to move enough laterally. I think he's quick enough that he can stay away from Alexi Olenek's advances. But you talk to anybody that's that's trained with Alexi Olenek or compete against Alexi Olenek, they'll tell you his grip strength and, it, and his squeeze is just otherworldly. And it does concern me a little bit because Derek Lewis, of course, famously does that thing where he gets taken down and then he just like literally just turns over and posts Chills, and stands yeah. up and he's like – Dude, you you do that against Alexi Olnick, and he's taking something. You know what I mean? And so that that scares me a little. So I picked Derek Lewis in this fight. Um, I think it's the right pick, but it would not shock me to see uh, him get tapped out in the first round. You know what I mean? Like Olnick's that kind of guy. So uh, and again, that small cage, we're seeing a lot of it, so we're talking about it a lot more. Um, I, I don't know what to what, what do you see in terms of this fight. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I feel like with Derek, the the conversation has always been how healthy is he going into it, right? Because how how healthy he is directly correlates to what sort of performance he often gives you. And he's one of those fighters where you can see when he's in there to fight, like against Travis Brown, yes. or you can see when he's not, like Mark Hunt. You know, yes. you can see when he's just kind of there and he knows he can't fight, like Francis Ngannou, whatever. Um, so for me, he's been saying, and he looks like. He's in great shape. He's been saying all the right things. He's been saying, you know, I've had some medical issues. They're all cleared up. He has said that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yo, yo, ah, back's great. And then like you see him walking out of the cage afterwards, like literally <laughs> yeah, holding yeah, his back. Yeah, I nearly shit my pants yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take him at his word. He seems to be in as good shape ever, and he, he keeps saying, you know, I'm finally taking it seriously. And he's actually one of those guys. I'd love to see him take it seriously. You know, I would like to see him. Uh, not just an arbitrary uh, comparison, but, you know, the Roy Nelson com- uh, conversation was always, uh, yeah. it, how serious how is serious he really is taking, taking it? it? You know, I'd like to see Derek Lewis really just go for it one time. Do I think Derek Lewis has the skill set to beat someone like Cormier or Miocic? Not really, but he he could beat Ngannou. He right. could beat Ngannou, you know? So, and, and you never know, in six months, the, the Oyster might be there for you to take. So I'd like to see him really push on um, at this point now. We're, but then the conversation is, he didn't really keep Latifi off him. Yep. For all that long, and Latifi's not a finisher. And Latifi had ten minutes, thirteen minutes probably, of just holding him. And if he can do that, then Olenek can do that. And that's where you think, oh, okay, does Styles make fights? I'd be picking Lewis as well because I'm taking him at his word that he's feeling healthier. And I think a healthy Derek Lewis is actually very good, underratedly yeah, right, good. Right. But I also would not be surprised if we got made fools of. I homered. I was just like, I was like, oh wait, Derek's fighting now. So yeah, no, I completely picked Derek. I mean, did he come over here and play video games with you? This no, week? he didn't. I should have hit Dalla. him up. I should have <laughs> should hit him up. Um, if Derek comes in and he's feeling healthy and his back isn't going to be an issue, and he's able to kind of keep moving, keep some distance, and, and throw those kicks, maybe don't go too crazy with some of these kicks and flying knees and stuff that he he likes to try to do from yeah, time Yeah, you to can't time. do that. You can't do you that. Can't, because when people people even even those nasty kicks that he throws, 
I don't even think you want to do that, man. I, right. Against Olenek, man, I just think you want to move in box. Move in box, right. man. And Maybe but, a knee every now and again. Yeah, like, yeah. time and knee. But. Especially when Alexi tries to come in. People, I think, sleep on Alexi's striking as well. If you go back and look, even look at the last fight against Verdum, I pulled up some stats. He outstruck Verdum. Not that anybody's that saying, like, Verdum. pretty pull of Verdum, though. Right, right. But I was going to say, not that anybody's like, oh, you know, when you think about striking, you think about Fabricio Verdum. But, I mean, like, he clearly outstruck him. I mean, he... I thought he looked so much better than Verdun, but I think so. We're seeing we're seeing a Olenek that is not afraid to push forward and get in there and throw hands. And the thing about Derek, Derek sometimes is a little slow to get started. And if Alexi comes in there and maybe kind of just works inside, and Derek doesn't keep that jab, doesn't keep in distance, Alexi's going to get in there and get a hold of him. Yep. And I don't think Derek, as much as I love him to death, has the skills to stop Alexi from getting him down the ground. And and if Derek gets on his back and he can't get back, next thing we're new, we're gonna get a, we're gonna see an arm choke, and it's gonna be. It's if gonna Derek be gets over. on his back, he's in trouble. And, and again, if he does that thing where he just kind of turns to his knees and stands, I think he's in trouble there too. Yeah. I th I think it could it it could look like Cormier Lewis, you know, where he just he just was almost just on the ground, like going, well, now what? And then slowly but surely yeah. gets yep. arm choke. I I, th I think if it ends by sub, that's where it's gonna go, like yeah. an arm triangle. Choke. I mean, he is. Derek is so strong, and he, he just – I think his game is getting there. I mean, we clearly know that he needs – for him to get the win, the fight has to stay standing, but he has to do it within reason. I think Derek has this playful side of him that he allows some of these funny – I think he's expecting his opponent wants to stay back because they're afraid of his power, so they let him throw some of these kicks, some of these – spinning attacks yeah, yeah. at times and you're just like what are you doing you know he never trains those in the gym right like, right can't That's the possibly thing. i've train never those. seen him i've never seen him do those you know and uh the thing is with an opponent like alexi if alexi is expecting him to do something like that if he gets in there and catches him in a, in a moment of kind of having some whimsical fun kind of getting loosened up if derek does something wrong this is the wrong opponent to do that again so if he stays focused and he and he keeps the kicks, uh, you know, just keep those front kicks, you know, keep it straight into his chest, you know, yeah. don't aim for his head, you know, don't overextend yourself because this is the kind of opponent you don't want to give a limb and just leave it out there, you know, if you are going to throw it, please it. pull it back in quick. He did say he was coming out balls blazing. Well, <laughs> I would so maybe if, any maybe other kind of Derek maybe following it goes for the takedown, <laughs> the heat alone will just oh, propel him away. <laughs> Quick thoughts on uh, Chris Weidman versus Amari Agmadov because I'll tell you what, I ended up picking Chris Weidman in this. I, I trust that this is the caliber opponent that he should be able to beat, even if it's still there. If it's not still there, I think it was the boys at Submission Radio actually asked me, um, and I hadn't really thought about it. Like, could this be Chris Weidman's last fight? And, and I and I thought about it, and again, I hadn't put much into it, but on the fly, I was thinking, you know what, man. Maybe, because if he can't beat Akhmadov, Chris Weidman does not strike me as one of those guys that just wants to be around, you know, like, hey, let me cash a few more paychecks or whatever. And if he can't win this fight, I, I'm not saying I'd run him out of the sport, but I could almost see Weidman going like, dude, if I can't beat Akhmadov. And I'm not disrespecting Akhmadov. It's just a, he's kind of that, you know, Russian grinder. There's, you know, there's not the spectacular, you know, championship level stuff there. It's just, you know, kind of that durable, you know, controlling guy and I feel like Weidman should be able to beat him if not I could see him maybe saying like ah, I guess not if he got grinded down for three rounds without any sort of offense at all I think maybe he would turn around and say shit man maybe I did lose it I didn't realize but throughout his entire career 
regardless sort of how he lost. Yeah. Weidman has struck me as one of those sort of fighters fighters go, I had that one and then yeah, something yeah. happened, you know, and he's always been able to if not convincing us, been able to convince himself that actually it was a bit of a fluke loss and he should be winning these and it's just not his fault. I think he is young enough to continue having that mindset. I could see him not retiring after this for sure. Depending on how he loses, yeah, yeah. right? But in terms of what's at stake here, man, he it, he needs, he needs to win. Yeah. You know, he and he seems to know that as well. But it's it's you could say his losses recently have been to elite competition and they actually have and, and the way he's lost has yeah. been with the exception of the Reyes loss, which I think was pretty pretty bad. But yeah, that was bad. Apart from that, you know, But then we saw what Reyes did with John Jones and now you go, Okay, well Yeah, yeah, but it's not so much the way he lost, it's the fact that he just it was like one hit and he was just sort of like the chin seems to have gone a little bit, yeah. I do wonder. Um but yeah, I mean, there's there's just no other words for it. He needs to win, and, and realistically, he needs to do it. If he's ever gonna pretend he's a title contender again, he needs to win convincingly. Yeah, he needs to do something spectacular. Yep. Um, listen, the uh, just real quickly, the other the main card fight that I'm probably most looking forward to: Benil Darius versus Scott Holtzman. Just two of the nicest human beings Hats on the off. face of the planet. Uh, and 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 and, dude, I think you know potential fight of the night, you know, type fight, man. I'm I'm excited about this one. Um. You know, looking down the prelims, obviously Tim Means is on there. Uh, Kevin Holland made it back. I, I like seeing that. <laughs> Kevin Holland, man. Uh, still looking forward so to watching him. So happy for him. Uh, so happy that he got in there. He was so funny. He was pissed. He, he was so pissed, but he was just so funny about it. He was like, I'm just going to find anybody. He was like, I, I, he was looking around the room. I forget all the funny stuff. Go back and find our post-fight interview. Because uh, his fight got pulled, obviously, last week, but he did come and speak to you guys yeah, anyway. And he came, and he was literally like, he's like, you can see he was seething. I smell Ed, Ed, Ed Herman still around. I'll take that fight. <laughs> Who else is here? I'll take that fight. And he's like, I'm going to stay around here, and, and I'm hoping I'm going to get a fight. And good on him because it happened. I mean, what a wonderful quick turnaround. He didn't have to try to you know worry about cutting weight again. He just stayed in shape. And he's a, he's a fun, fun fighter. I was really looking forward to see that fight between him and Trevin Giles. I thought that was going to be a, a just a barn burner. Yeah. So this one, I mean, I'm excited just to see, uh, you know, him get that release that he wants. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. Justin James returns, obviously, former uh, Eli wrestling coach there. So I'm happy to see him in the UFC <laughs> and, get, and, and getting his uh, getting his uh, second opportunity there. Uh, by the way, and if we could talk about this for a long time. I know we've been going long already, but uh, – the the whole situation um, with Ed Herman getting the ten thousand dollar offer, what did you guys make that? Because I I do feel like it's a, and I always hate to come out and be like it, you know, I've just been covering this game for a long time. I'm not trying to say that what the USC is doing is fair, but my understanding is what they were trying to do is like, hey, look, we'll give you ten G's and we'll and we'll book you like next week, kind of like what they're doing with Kevin Holland. Now if they can't if they can't get the guy another fight, you know, and obviously his opponent fell out through no fault of his own. Then I think at that point, yes, you absolutely deserve show money. But yep. I don't think you should necessarily like. I think if you take show money, then that means we don't have to worry about getting you a fight again for a while. So that's to me is the balance. If if uh, your opponent falls out through no fault of your own on the day of the fight or the day before, you make weight. If you get your show money, and I and I wish I and I've talked about this before. I wish there was a national kind of overseeing body, maybe that you know that that made this law to some degree that if a guy makes weight, he should get his show money. The thing is, though, if you get full show money, I don't know that they should then you know, feel obligated as well to get you another fight as soon as possible because now they have a bunch of other people that they need to get booked. My understanding is when they say, hey, like, we'll throw you that 10 Gs because we know you need a little bit of money in pocket right now, but we'll have you fight again like Kevin Holland is doing in a week or 
two weeks at worst. And if that's the case, I'll be honest with you, um, I don't find an issue with that. If, if, if they're going to get you a fight one week from now or two weeks from now, I have no issue with them not paying your show money. If they're not going to rebook you, then yes, you should absolutely get your show money. I agree with that on the stipulation that there is a set time they have to rebook you, right? So you t- two weeks is that's about as far if maybe because if it's two months or something, yeah, like, dude, I could have gotten another fight anyway. That's outrageous. Yeah, so you need to. I, I think for Kevin Holland, I don't think Kevin Holland would look at himself and be like. I would not have taken ten grand to wait seven more days. You right. know, he probably would have been like, "Yeah, fuck it, I wait seven more days and get ten extra Gs." Yeah, that's fair. Um, but if you're talking about like his ten grand, we'll get you in October. That's unacceptable. I agree. That that to me, if, if there was ever going to be a policy that was developed, like an official policy, where like, "Hey, here's what we have to abide by," that would be it. Like, "Hey, just give me a little bit of money, dude. I thought I was going to get a paycheck. I got a couple of bills I need to get paid. Let me, you know, give me a little bit of money right now." But I still want to bank on myself to get that win bonus too. Because, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? If you just take the show money and then say, I'll see you in three months, then basically at that point you said, well, you basically just forfeited your potential win bonus, yeah. right? So, But, if again, if like you said, hey, we'll get you another fight within 14 days. And it ain't going to be a problem in this situation right yeah. now with the pandemic era. That, to me, would be the policy. We're only going to give you 10 Gs, but we'll get you within 14 days, and you'll get a chance to get your guaranteed show money and potentially your win money. I'd say give me give me give me that ten grand and let me sign a piece of paper that says I fight within fourteen days. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying. There it, should be it, it needs for sure. Don't, like, don't just promise me you're gonna give yeah. me a no, fight. Never two weeks. ever ever accept because that then I mean, like that that you, there's no guarantee. But it still feels shitty because the, the way they've sort of shown themselves. You know, when you look at past occurrences, when that seems to be the norm is when somebody's come up and they've had a fight and something has happened with your opponent that's out of your your hands and this has even happened like within the fight week it seems yeah not even just fight night these guys have been given their show money like oh he he really he came through his opponent couldn't make weight the fight fell through we felt really bad we gave him his show money these guys are there on fight night you know they're trying to make things happen and it falls through and i just feel like Maybe maybe for someone you know, like Kevin Holland, where it falls through on fight night, you should get fifty percent because it's already allocated. I can uh, no matter how cool no that's the argument. Mean, is that the money's if, already if, allocated? If it's fight night, then that's I think it. you it's probably deserve allocated. a bit more. It's not like they're getting millions. But here's the thing. I mean, just but, give but, them. But the here's show the count. Here's the counter argument, though. It's already allocated, but it's not allocated for next week. We already had our budget for next week, and now we're going to add you to next week. So now we're over budget there. So how can you say we need to pay our budget here, but now we're going to blow our budget next week? Well, it's say, hey, give me that show money, and then maybe you don't have to give me the piece of paper that guarantees I fight in two yeah. weeks. Just tell yeah, me that you're going to you're going to try to work. So that's what I think. If you're not going to get me in in two weeks, then you owe me my show money. You should I, be able to pick. Well, give me my show money now, fuck the win bonus, and then book me in three months. Or yeah. Give me ten to twenty G's. Let's say twenty to be nice, and then book me within fourteen days. Ten in fourteen days. You got to figure 20, these guys are spreading. A, they're spreading a little bit of the wealth around the, the, their team that's there. And if you only give them ten Gs, or if they're getting something, I said and twenty. You, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or say they got like two or three guys there that you were hoping to, you know, some of these guys they might have been giving ten grand to their coach and like their team. They might have had ten grand just set aside for the team. Like if if Ed was supposed to get fifty some thousand. Ten grand for him might have been like, hey, that's that was what I was paying my coach yeah. and my trainer, well, and then the other forty is what I was going to take home, and then I was going to get my bonus, well, obviously, well, or maybe, my win bonus. Maybe instead know. of ten Gs, it should be a certain percentage of that. A certain percentage, maybe. So yeah, yeah it just feels like they've we'll, we'll for give, a newcomer versus yeah, ten we'll Gs. Give, we'll, give yeah. you, we'll give you eighteen yeah, percent of your current show money to just hold you over. Yeah. Because ten G's, that's like that's like contender series money. Well, I mean, I lose more than that running for the bus. Let me tell you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you are so fat. I mean, but like you're looking at what what they're paying 
guys on the contender series trying to get into the UFC. Yeah. And you got like a guy like Ed Herman that's got like fifty thousand fights with the UFC. I think he. I think I probably shouldn't say this without actually knowing. I think I saw Steve Morocco from MMA Fighting say he was on fifty four thousand yeah. right. show money, yeah. and right. so it's like, well, giving him ten grand. I don't know. Yeah, giving me twenty. I bailed out of that. I bailed out of that point quite hard. <laughs> no, I think he was because I remember the last time I was like, "Man, like, good on Ed Herman." He, I think like, the last time he picked up a winner, I was like, "Damn, he got a hundred thousand dollars!" Like, good on him, yeah. man. This, you know, this grinding veteran. I will say too, it, it sucks because I probably would have been Ed Herman, the guy that got on a plane and went to the bar or whatever. Yeah. But you do look at like, oh, Kevin Holland definitely would have been. Oh, at I the did, bar. you know what I mean? Like that would de- like I, it, if usually, there was a bar at the venue, you yeah, had already been. At I'd that. already been there, so I can't fault him for that. But you, you do wonder and again I'm not taking a shot at Ed Herman because that's exactly what I would have done yep. but look Kevin Holland was the guy that stuck around went to the media tent made it clear that he wanted to fight and he got a fight whereas Ed Herman was like you know I mean, now granted it was a little bit different but, because but, Ed, I mean Ke- Kevin Holland was already at the venue like about to walk to the cage but John which one had more fun Ed Herman there you go that's the, that's the question <laughs> what are we in this life for if yeah, not yeah, to, yeah. you know uh, yeah I was, I'd be the guy that had you. They're like, hey, we, we got to fight for you. And I'd be like, uh. Are you going to test me before <laughs> I get there? <that?" laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just feels weird. I mean, I, I agree. There, there should be something that they set some sort of pause. It just sort of feels like when we all think about it, that it seems like they already established the, the unwritten but policy don't, dude, don't, that if your fighter falls out, you get your show money. If you made it that close. Don't you think that's a UFC, though? Let's leave all this unwritten so we can right. be fucking vague and sort of pick and choose. Right? You know, I, I, I always feel like the UFC – or certainly the people who run the UFC are very, very, very bright people. And they, I believe, intentionally leave some things vague so they can't be held to right yep. sometimes. And this is one of those things. Like, say, I be- I'm pretty sure, John, we've heard Dana say, if you make weight, you get you're paid. It used to be that way. That, you That's know, what it's but, it right? but it was never it official. It was never written down right. because it's in their interest to keep it sort of in kind flux. Kind of like when uh, Dana's always like, well, if you want it more for your contract, you should have got it on your contract instead of ask for it after the fact, right. you know? Like, if you just let it go, it's going to go. So now it's like, what? okay, so now they need to write in their contract that if something happens with my opponent, I should be guaranteed. Within 48 hours, and I still yeah, make weight. Yeah, I should be able, you know, so maybe that's it, fighters. Put it in your contract. Just get, but rid, get rid of the win money. Get rid of the win. Just I've help, always, help always yourself out too. and just get take, – take 75% on the show instead of, like, 50-50 and just give yourself the guarantee. Don't – don't. Why would you gamble every time you go to work? You're gambling, right? Especially in fighting when anything That's why happens. That's the UFC likes it. They it feels, they feels <laughs> like this is Randy Couture all over again. We've been having yeah. for 15 years, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. All right. Well, listen. We've we've had a good afternoon, even if we started a little bit weird. Uh, shout out again to. You got weird Williams. throughout. It's not just that. Just, just, just weird all the way through. <laughs> if I'm on it, it's gonna be weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I did want to give one more shout out to Albert Williams, man. Uh, far off topic, y'all. On uh, topic. Spotify, you can find far off topic and. Uh, you can find him at Fiasco Jones. Uh, you know, feel like if you want to send him something, don't flame him. Yeah, don't flame him. Don't be, at me, be nice. He, he lost his job. Yeah, and Sucks. it's and it's Help it's John's out. fault. It's totally my fault. <laughs> Sucks. Uh, or in the meantime, if you want to support us, uh, we will have a uh, and a half episode this weekend. Of course, as always, after every single UFC event, which is now. Every single weekend. <laughs> it's like every other day. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so for all you Patreon uh, people, we appreciate it. I look forward to talking to you on the weekend. For everybody else, we'll just say thanks for listening.